Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems Podcast. And this is the show where we like to talk about a streaming service and the hidden gems that you can find on that service. It's a lot of fun. And now I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you once again. And uh, I feel like we're at the end of August. It, when this uh, when this drops, it will actually, I believe, we will be firmly yeah. in September. Yeah. I feel like we're about to be just swept by just an absolute avalanche. Like we're just this little town. <laughs> and as co- us content creators, we're the little town. <laughs> And like the lava from the volcano is just going to wipe yeah, us off. Especially the map. if you're me, because Christmas movie starts <laughs> in the middle of October. And also we've got award season coming up before you know it. So I've got uh, both of those to to look forward to. And uh, uh, yeah, one of the co-hosts was was uh, tw- was putting on Twitter that uh, that only two more months till Christmas movies start. And I said, the panic begins. <laughs> Uh, you should have been like, oh, you have no idea. I mean, there's at be- least 153 this year, probably more than that, uh, new Christmas movies because there's ones from all. There's so many more players coming involved. Like Tubi's making them, HBO Max is making them. Um, I don't know. There was just like a long list of new people that, and I'm like, oh, those sound really good. I want to watch those. I'm like. You know, when people ask you, like, what you do for a living, you should be like, uh, it's just pretty much Christmas for me yeah. always. <laughs> yes. Yes. I always have my Santa hat ha- handy. I'm always ready to go talk about Christmas at all times. <laughs> so it's a pretty good life. I mean, if that's your biggest problem is covering too many Christmas movies, I think you have a pretty good gig. Yeah, that's that's not me throwing shade. I mean, you've clearly, <laughs> you've clearly done something right to end up in this position. So, uh, yeah, and I've got D23 coming up, so that's going to be uh, intense and exciting and fun and everything. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, you got anything exciting coming up in September? Anything fun? Well, um, as we're recording this, uh, tomorrow I have orientation for my new job. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm going to be starting working in my local library. Uh, okay there was a position I applied for just kind of like because I've been through COVID I got laid off three times so I guess out of just habit of just looking for that next thing Mm -hmm. I just always kept an eye on Indeed or job boards just to see what was out there I've gone to the library pretty much consistently my whole life so and my mom was like you should find a job there I'm like I don't know maybe it's a volunteer thing only but sure enough indeed they had like a ton of library positions so I was like you know it'd be funny if I got hired and about a month later I got hired and that's uh, great and my orientation is tomorrow and so I'm it's and so I'm just I'm I'm, I don't want to say I'm nervous to like start. I'm just nervous to get started. I'm yeah. that kind of nervous where I'm just like looking at my clock is like, oh, it's 8.06. I need it to be 8.15 now so I can like like get started yeah. at the courthouse. But it's also a bit of nervous because I was actually, I liked the staff. I liked what I was doing for the most part at my old job, but I have this overwhelming feeling that I'm do I'm making the right decision. So 
a new adventure. I am greatly looking forward to it. That's great. I'll keep you in my prayers. Hopefully it goes, it goes perfectly. That That's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, well, it's good that we decided to record this on, uh, on Sunday then. So we could get it out of the way, uh, for the week, uh, cause you're going to have an exciting week. Uh, well, but, uh, what, what are we, yeah. Sundays are good days for me pretty much always. Yeah. So it's so if, regardless of it was a normal week or not. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? What service? Uh, we're covering Hulu and talk about like if they were giving out like streaming service redemption of the year awards or <laughs> make up a snazzier yeah. title than that. And I think Hulu would definitely be taking the crown because if any of you are paying attention to movies like Prey, like that movie is cleaning up like in, mm -hmm. in terms of people just watching it and viewing it. Not to mention that because it's owned by Disney, it pretty much has all of the Searchlight movies, all of the 20th Century Studios movies, all of FX's stuff is on there. Mm -hmm. I just got started watching the show called We Are Wrexham. It's the show about oh. where Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney just bought a soccer team. Mm -hmm. I'm only about halfway through the first episode and I'm really digging it. So Hulu has got a lot to offer. They're they're basically the home of FX now. So if you're in if any of you are into like Sons of Anarchy or Justified, then Hulu is definitely your spot. And yeah. just generally speaking, like they've got another round on there, which I rec I believe I recommend it somewhere, but that's another mm -hmm. awesome movie. Hulu has been doing really good lately. Yeah. I do think that Hulu is a little bit confusing though now. I don't really understand what it is because now that you have, it used to be, okay, this is the adult arm of Disney. So it made sense. But now that you have Deadpool and, you know, these kinds of things, you have mature content now on Disney plus, I don't really understand what makes something a Hulu property and what makes something a, a Disney plus property anymore. Yeah, it, it, I can definitely see that. And I was thinking, oh, if this is just going to be where all the near-the-knuckle Marvel stuff is. And I was looking, they got the Raimi Spider-Man movies on there, which, I mean, that's that's like, I mean, that's definitely not R-rated Marvel, but there you go. So I definitely see what you're saying. And they're going to have to do some, like, like, definitive, like, knowing identity mm -hmm. of setting this per place aside for this content and this place aside for this yeah i feel like when uh when um bob Iger was in charge of disney there was like a clear branding everything was very like very clear of what a disney film was what a uh, marvel film was you know this kind of thing and i and i feel like the branding since we got Bob Chapek now, I think it's been a lot more diluted. The branding, yeah, and believe me, Disney is not like taking the crown for like stupidest executive decisions. I mean, WB yeah. well all over that, but I've I I regularly watch the John Campia show and recent tweets about RRR aside, I tend to trust a lot of his opinions. Uh huh. And a lot of the stuff he said about Bob Chapek, I tend to agree with him on. Uh, Chapek just seems like the kind of guy who's just, he's kind of fixed what wasn't broken. He's seen the wheel and he's like, you know what this wheel needs? Some corners. <laughs> yes. That's a good way to describe it. Yes. Uh, it's, it's interesting. 
Well, but I agree with you. I think that there is a ton of good stuff to watch on Hulu and they have different price strategies that can make it pretty affordable. So it's a good, it's a good service to get. Uh, You can get it in like a bundle with ESPN and Disney plus. Uh, So, you know, you you can't go wrong. Um, But what is your first hidden gem that you want to talk about for uh, Hulu? So my first pick is a movie from last year. It's from late last year and is called The King's Man. And this is the third Kingsman movie. It's technically a prequel, but it's Kingsman Secret Service uh, or it's The King's Man, Kingsman the Secret Service and Kingsman the Golden Circle. And this movie follows the inception of the Kingsman Secret Service. The main guy is played by Ralph Fiennes. I'm a big fan of his, and it basically shows how during World War I, basically, there was a need to create something outside of the military to try and work in the background to try and stop certain things. And I I get, this movie kind of underwhelmed. There was some people who were like, ah, it was just okay. There were some parts of that movie that I genuinely really enjoyed. It's mostly, it's pretty much just okay. But when the movie peaks, it really does peak. There's a great sequence where Ralph finds his son in the movie is in battle and he's crossing no man's land. This takes place during World War One, and he's crossing no man's land and he sees this German soldier, and because of the rules of engagement, they can't speak. They can't say, hey, I need reinforcements. They literally have to fight in silence. And it is really, it's held very well. I'm very, that was a very well done scene. And the rest of the movie's pretty solid also. You got Digimon Hansu. I'm a big fan of his work. And like I said, I think the movie was criminally underseen and i mean we're still it's still 2021 covid was still a bit of a factor and this movie was delayed to pretty much nothingness which makes me sad but overall grand scheme i really enjoyed this one do you have to have seen the previous films to be able to appreciate this one no this is a prequel so it um it adds the context of Colin Firth's openings, opening monologue where he's talking to Eggsy and he's like, when the Kingsman was founded, there was a lot of money that was left untouched because all of the heirs died during World War One. hence the creation of Kingsman the Secret Service. This movie pretty much sets up how the, how the system was created, how they gave each other names like Arthur and Lancelot and Guinevere, the whole nine there, and pretty much lays all the groundwork for the rest of the movies and it even has enough kingsman like easter eggs from the previous two movies to where you'd be like oh i know where that is except this movie takes place in 19 1916 1915 or 16 so the technology is is down a bit for obvious reasons but you definitely see recognizable stuff and you see the inception point of that so it definitely adds to the enjoyment of the first two Mm. Uh, yeah i actually uh, interviewed the composer uh, dominic lewis one of the composers of this movie way back uh, for an for an animated project he was working on i can't even remember what the animated project was but uh anyway uh i so that was my only real connection to this film 
but uh, I haven't seen any of the Kingsman movies, so uh, it's also yeah. Um, it's also not as violent as the other two, so there's oh, that's no, good to know. There's no Colin Firth shooting a bunch of people to Freebird like in the first one, even yeah, though in that's a church. Awesome. But I've heard about that scene in the church. Probably the most violent scene is the finale, but even then, it's like PG thirteen violence. Mm. It doesn't go like too far, as far well, as that's... I remember. There's some yeah. disturbing implications with the Rasputin character, but it's more implications than like mm-hmm. actively saying so. Yeah. Well, very good. I'll definitely have to uh, check that out. Uh, so my first choice was a big surprise. One of my biggest surprises of this uh, movie season uh, was the Bob's Burgers movie. Uh, I I have not been able to get into the show. I've started it a number of times. I just... I, I think it's one of those ones that maybe like the first season is a little rough. And then once you kind of get into it, then you get into it. Uh, because I went to this movie thinking I, I, I wasn't going to enjoy it that much and maybe low expectations helped, but I really had a good time with it. I thought it was so funny, so sweet family story. Uh, the music was a lot of fun. The animation was, was well done. And uh, there were some really cool scenes with the 2d animation that i enjoyed uh the voice acting was all really solid i i liked it way more than i expected especially because i just haven't been able to get into the show now it's my turn to ask do you have uh, and i think you may have answered this for me but do you have to have seen the show to actually appreciate no i don't think so they they do a pretty good job introducing you to all the characters i I haven't seen very many episodes so certainly in like a chronological way you don't need to have seen it like it's it doesn't have anything connecting to the to whatever's the last episode of that's been aired of the show so it's not you don't need to in that sense you might be more sort of invested in the characters uh if you had if you're invested in the show but i i i have not seen very many episodes and i did fine so yeah and i was surprised i didn't realize that they had so many songs i guess in the show and you know that so big way to hook me <laughs> make it a musical i'm probably gonna like it <laughs> so it was a big surprise i i enjoyed it way more than i expected so yeah and you can watch bob's burgers the show as well on hulu symmetry yeah love that's to right. see <laughs> so what is your next pick so my next choice and honestly these four i thought i had recommended before but I looked on our letterbox and I could, or, or on your letterbox list that you created for this, and I could not find it. So I'm going to correct that on this episode. So these next four can basically be grouped into stuff I thought I recommended, but I didn't, and I'm correcting that. So first up is a movie from 2011, and it is called In Time. This was written and directed by Andrew Nichol, who wrote and directed my beloved Gattaca, and also wrote the screenplay for The Truman Show. It tells the story of a future where time is literally money, like literally, literally people pay for things with like, how much is this? It's about a minute and a half. And they do this and they exchange time like actual currency. Uh, The movie's main lead is Justin Timberlake. He lives with his mom. Now, in this future, uh, people stop aging genetically at 21. So everyone's a walking 21 year old, basically, but they're like, 
but they're in terms of age, they're like 28, 29, 30 older in certain cases. At the start of the movie, Olivia Wilde looks like she's in her early 20s, but she's actually celebrating her 50th birthday. So that explains why Olivia Wilde looks like Olivia Wilde in the movie, but she's billed as 50. There's mm-hmm. there's a reason as to why. But because of the whole time is money thing, there is still massive income inequality. The super rich basically live a hundred-ish years, 120 years, while the poor literally like live hour by hour. It's it's really sharp contrast. But one of the super rich who was actually who is actually the main lead in this USA TV show called White Collar. I can't remember his name. It's Matt something. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Bomer? That's him. Yeah, Matt yeah. Bomer. He meets Timberlake and they they start a conversation and and Bomer asks Timberlake how old he is. He says 28 and Bomer says I'm 103, despite the fact that he looks like Matt Bomer. Like he looks like he just walked off a movie set. Well, Bomer commits suicide but before that he gives all a hundred and like 20 ish years of his life to timberlake and so timberlake basically tries to do a count of monte cristo and infiltrate the the upper class for revenge because his mom actually got robbed of like 20 ish years i think if my memory serves and she died literally running into his into her son's arms it's quite brutal and I kind I I love Gattaca. The movie is just I have a whole review of it on my channel. And this is definitely this is not like hard sci-fi, but it's definitely leaning towards the more thinking type of sci-fi. So it's not for everyone. However, the reviews of this movie were kind of bad, but I've always really liked this one. I've liked the concept. Justin Timberlake is actually kind of sort of a good actor if you've ever if you all have ever seen social network he's really good in there uh amanda seyfried is his romantic interest and she's good here too and i just love this concept of literally time being money and people having to negotiate with what we do with like dollars and cents we do it with like years and decades and they're one of the more tense scenes in the movies when the is when Timberlake and this other dude do a um do an like an arm wrestling contest where they do this and they're like like balancing each other and the timer on their wrist just goes down, but then the power balance shifts and the other one turn and it's literally a battle to the death because when their clock hits zero, then they kill over and die. It's honestly quite tense. It's more tense than I'm describing it mm-hmm. as. It's a pretty good cast. Uh, Killian Murphy is the main villain, and he's always good. Johnny Galecki from the break from the Big Bang Theory and Roseanne. He has a small part in it, but it's nice to see him there. I don't know. This one just hits me in my sci-fi roots, so I've always been a champion of this one. So, does the if you have more hours, do you actually physically age slower? No, you stop aging at 21. So you look 21 for as long as you live. And when your clock on your arm runs zero, that's when you die. Unless you, like, people are not invincible. You can get shot or run over. But if you live long enough and you can get more time, then you can conceivably live a super long time. So it's interesting like that. 
Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, I yeah, I've heard about this, but I've never seen it. So it's an interesting recommendation. I do also love Gattaca. That is a very good sci-fi film. All right. Well, my next choice, this is one of your hard lefts, uh, is uh, <laughs> one of my favorite rom-coms. It's My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I absolutely love this movie. I think it's so funny. And a lot of times the comedy the calm of the rom-com gets kind of left out and forgotten they're not that funny this one is genuinely very very funny uh just everything with her family cracks me up i mean when her aunt tells the story about her her her, uh mole that she had that had a a a spine on it I don't know. Hilarious. It's just like, and they're like, Ian's vegetarian. Uh, that's okay. We've made lamb. <laughs> just, there's just a lot of really funny jokes. And her father is like obsessed with Windex and spraying it on everybody. And uh, I just love it. I think it's so funny. Such great chemistry between Nina Rodalos and John Corbett. Um, the rest of the cast is really fun. Uh, it's one of my faves. Isn't this the movie where the father goes like like when the main uh, girl, I can't think of her name, but uh, when when she's like, I'm getting married to this person and the dad's like, why are you leaving me? Is that the one? Like, Well, that- there's he definitely uh, gets upset. I'm not sure if it's that one, but uh, but he's not happy about it. Uh, and uh, her name is Tula in the movie Tula, and, I was Tula. I was blanking on that I'm sorry yeah and uh, he her father is always saying he can turn any word in, uh, into a Greek word and uh, and so one of the kids is like well how about kimono <laughs> which is obviously a Japanese word <laughs> and uh, he finds a way I don't know it's just it's just genuinely really 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 funny and you don't see romantic comedies enough that actually are actually comedies a lot of there's a lot of movies that are labeled rom-coms that i don't even think are comedies at all uh, i mean something like sleepless in seattle as much as i love it it's barely a comedy it's you know, it's all about grief and loss and and uh, all of that i mean there are some funny sequences but i i think it's at best a dramedy <laughs> so anyway this one is one that's actually very funny so uh you've, you've never seen it right I actually have not. I've seen yeah. certain scenes. I know what happens, but I have not seen it all the way through. Yeah. It's a good one. I think you'd like it. Um, so what is your next pick? So my next choice is also, I believe, from 2011, and it is called Source Code. This was directed by Duncan Jones, son of David Bowie. He would go on to unfortunately direct warcraft but i won't hold that too much against him he did direct the movie he did direct the movie called moon which is which is really good despite kevin spacey being the villain in it uh, it tells the story a uh, source code tells the story of a man played by jake gyllenhaal who wakes up on a train and it seems like all right what's he doing on this train but then the train explodes and the next thing he knows he wakes up in a dark room And basically, his job is to go back and relive the same 38 minutes on this train to find where the bomb is and defuse it. Uh, 
So it's basically like Groundhog Day, but more extreme and combined with the ending to mi the first mission impossible. Everybody got that? <laughs> the, the movie's actually quite good. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's the main is the main guy. I mean, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, so of course he's good. Uh, Michelle Monaghan is the love interest, and she's good too. Vera Farmiga plays the woman who can who talks to Gyllenhaal through like a through like a video monitor because without spoiling anything, Gyllenhaal is injured in a way that basically he can't leave the room. That's all I will say. You'll have to see it for yourself. Um, Jeffrey Wright, who's always good, he plays like the main doctor who came up with the idea of sending people back to a certain time to stop a tragedy from happening. And this is definitely of the Groundhog Day formula where Gyllenhaal has to just navigate everything and even to the point where he's like i can just get off the train and he gets off the train but the bomb still explodes so it's literally just a him game of him going back looking and failing and going back and looking and failing it's a formula that they would do with edge of tomorrow a couple of years later and while i i will say edge of tomorrow is better i will say that source code is really good also what hampers this movie is the ending it's going to be divisive if you do watch it i remember i remember seeing some reviews and people just not being high on the ending and it's really going to be your mileage is going to vary that's all i'll say however it's an intriguing mystery I kind of love these time like time loop movies where people are stuck in a certain amount of time and they have to do something and repeat it until they get it right. There's something super intriguing about that. And yeah, I give this one a heavy recommendation, minus the ending. Yeah, I remember feeling that way about the ending. And I do think that The Edge of Tomorrow is a better film. Uh, but Definitely. I remember enjoying this one. I, I think that Jake Gyllenhaal and Michelle Monaghan have really good chemistry together in those Absolutely. scenes. And so if they were ever in a rom-com together, I'd be excited. <laughs> yeah, and Michelle Monaghan, I think Michelle Monaghan is someone who doesn't get nearly enough credit. I mean, she, I mean, she's well-liked as far as I know, but just looking up and down, like, the things that she has been in, like, she was, Ethan, like, Ethan Hunt's kind of sort of wife in the mission impossible movie mm -hmm. she was she was his wife in three but then they kind of had a soft separation because i mean ethan hunt has literally one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet so so he's like sorry i i, I gotta get you off the grid but it was nice to see her in fallout and nice to have those timelines sort of merge again uh she's been in gone baby gone uh, she's a really good actress and I don't want to say she's completely forgotten it's just I don't think she's talked about nearly enough as she deserves mm -hmm. yeah I'd agree I think she is good uh all right well my next pick is a movie called The Valet this is a rom-com from this year uh, and it stars e Eugenio Derbez, who I really like. Even in that uh, Overboard remake that they did a few years ago, he was charming in it. And uh, I, I think I've liked, well, he's in Jack and Jill. I don't like that. But he's in Coda, and he's really good in that as the the teacher. Um, he's, uh, he's in uh, this. He's in Overboard. I don't know. I just, I find him very, very, very charming. And uh, and he's in this and he plays this valet Parker guy 
and uh, he's kind of going through a separation with his wife and things are hard and uh he through various controversies ends up meeting this hollywood celebrity uh this played by samara weaving and uh sh- and she's dating max greenfeld and uh that well she's having an affair with max greenfeld and uh and so they she ends up getting caught going out with max greenfeld and so they developed this whole scheme that the valley driver that she happened to be with that that's who she's actually dating and so they pay him they agree to pay him like a ton of money to go along with this scheme about uh because they want don't want it to affect her new movie and it's silly it's ridiculous but i i, I really like fake dating stories those are some of my favorites they're a lot of fun and I, I, I think Samara Weaving is maybe a little miscast in it. I didn't quite buy her as this like superstar, like so famous, uh, but it works well enough. And uh, I, I, Max Greenfield he keeps getting cast in these movies where he's like a total jerk. <laughs> and I can promise you young women. And uh, I don't know, actually like a number of movies I've seen with him where he's a, a real jerk. So I think he needs to be careful. <laughs> needs to be a nice person he's gonna get typecast uh, yeah he's gonna get typecast if he uh, hasn't but, so already but eugenio is really good in this movie there's a lot of heart to his character uh, and uh, they have some nice bonding some nice dialogue it's just one of those movies that looks like it won't be very good but then actually is a lot of fun if you give it a shot yeah i i remember um Eugenio Derbez must be doing something right because I remember I was still working at at my local theater when How to Be a Latin Lover was out and Mm. that movie not only got an English release at our theater but it got a Spanish release at our theater so yeah there's clearly something to him and 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 what I have seen of him I've actually kind of enjoyed I enjoy like he's clearly got charisma for days the Mm. Samara Weaving thing I do agree I haven't seen it but it just I really enjoyed Samara Weaving in Ready or Not, which is another movie I recommend everyone check out. But she that's like the only thing I've seen her in. I, I, I think she's been in more stuff, but I don't know. It just seems there's, a bit weird. There's a side of me that thinks that because they couldn't get Margot Robbie because she's making Barbie movies and things like that, they got her because she looks a lot like Margot Robbie. Uh, so that's... I don't know. That's just theory. I have quick, no backup for quick, that. Quick, who's a Hollywood blonde? Samara, come here. We got a job for you. <laughs> they really do look a lot alike. They could play sisters, I think, her and Margaret Robbie. They really I, do. I... <laughs> so if you like rom-coms, uh, I think this one is cute. So uh, what do you have next? Well, here's my hard left for the evening. Uh, this <laughs> is... Uh, a film from 2017, and it is called Detroit. This was directed by Catherine Bigelow, who also directed movies like Point Break and The Hurt Locker. And this is based on the unfortunate true story of, well, Detroit having a really bad summer in 1967. And considering recently things that have happened in the news, it's unfortunately a pretty relevant movie. I thought when i first saw the movie i thought it was a bit preachy at times but i think now i think the movie has just gotten better not just because of the messaging but because it's a very well-made movie i mean catherine bigelow 
is a very underrated director. I mean, she directed Point Break, for goodness sake. Like, she knows what she is doing. Yeah. And that goes double here. Uh, John Boyega is in here, and he gives my favorite performance of his. You know, I'm glad he's actually getting more work in movies like Breaking and the upcoming The Woman King. Star Wars did him so dirty, and that's a tangent I'm not going to go on here. I'll be here all day. But they did him so dirty, and I'm glad that he's getting much better deals after what happened but he's really good here uh will Patton is slowly becoming like i he's gonna get typecast as a villain for the rest of his career too i mean maybe it's something in his face but he's really good as well and this movie is just it's terrifying in the realness and just how raw it feels i don't recommend I don't recommend this as like a, oh, I'm looking for something light and breezy. Let's turn on Detroit. <laughs> like, I don't, don't do that. No, you're going to get exactly what you pay for or will not pay for, but you all get my point. But it's a very rough watch, but it's also really important. And it also kind of leans into the subgenre of movie I really like where it's a smaller side of history that doesn't nearly get talked about enough. I guess it's why I loved Summer of Soul so much. It's a story that I had never heard of and was just so fascinating to watch. But while Summer of Soul was a celebration, Detroit was the complete opposite of that. But I rec I give this a modest recommendation, but know what you're going into before you go in. Yeah, I agree. It's well made. Uh, it is extremely brutal. Uh, it's a movie I would never want to watch again, but yeah, I guess I'm glad I saw it. I did recommend it. Uh, the acting is excellent. Uh, it, you do feel like, boy, could they give us like a moment to breathe a little bit? But I mean, I guess that's what happened. I don't know. I'm no expert on the situation. It does feel like a movie that probably should have been made by a person of color, by a black person, but uh, you know, she's a good director so she did a good job um and uh yeah i mean it definitely draws you in and is very very traumatic uh so don't watch it i wouldn't definitely not watch it with kids that's for sure i mean it's rated r but still yeah <laughs> adults only <laughs> on this one well, my next recommendation is a mixed bag. It's not a perfect film. Uh, I'm going to talk about Death on the Nile. This is, of course, the recent adaptation of the Agatha Christie novel. And I do think that this movie takes way too long to get going before the murders actually happen and the mystery kind of gets going. It's 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 long. And there's also some really weird things that he does. Whenever the movie tries to be sexy, I think it just is strange. Like there's this whole long scene where there's the sexy dancing, which it just feels like, I don't know. It feels like it's directed by a person who's never actually seen sexy dancing before because it just feels so weird. Uh, but I mean, it's Kenneth Branagh and he's, of course, plays Perot in the movie uh, and you have all of the characters that you get to know. And once the actual first murder happens and uh, you get into the, the mystery, then it starts to get fun. And then you're putting all the pieces together and everything. And, and uh, there are parts that are, are really well-made and well-done uh, scenes that are well done. There's also parts that look really cheap, which is confusing because they had like a long time to make this movie <laughs> and to fix it. So I don't really understand why they had such terrible green screen and things like that. But it's still like a solid mystery is if you 
just want something kind of fun to watch on a on a Saturday like this. And you can watch Detroit to become a better person. You watch Death on the Nile to relax. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I feel kind of sad for the people that were involved in this, like the the filmmakers and the crew, because just this movie just could not catch a it couldn't catch a break. It was delayed and delayed and delayed again. The whole army hammer situation, which had to be reconfigured for very obvious reasons. I just feel it, it, it just, it's a sucky situation. And I'm, and I, I, I think I said in my review, I believe I did a review on it. I'll have to look it up, but I believe I said on Twitter that it was better than I thought it was going to be. They managed to cobble something that yeah was watchable, but I mean, they were clearly hampered by their circumstances, which is just, it's just. Well, I mean, they'd filmed it before the Army Hammer thing had come out, but, uh, but they, uh, they had to work, you know, I guess they maybe changed some things with the editing, but, um, but yeah, then you had the, the whole Letitia Wright thing and there, there was just a lot of kind of bad publicity going into the movie, um, and and there are things, like I said, I'm like, why didn't you make that better? Uh, you had all this time. Like, I don't understand why some of the CGI was so sloppy, but I still overall had fun with it. I liked it better than the first one, which I thought was the first one I thought was really boring, uh, which is like the greatest sin of all. I'd rather have something be messy than be boring. Uh, I mean, literally the the like last half of the movie is just heroic standing in front of a table explaining things to people it's not there's no sense they did such a terrible job of developing any kind of mystery at least like this there were a few things that surprised me and and maybe it helped that i actually hadn't read the book where i had read the book on the first one so i i, I knew what was happening in the first one but but i have read it now since but uh, uh death in the nile but it's it, it could have been better but if you're jonesing for a mystery you're waiting for the new knives out movie to come it's it's okay. <laughs> it's I always my thought stirring it was, recommendation. You know, I always thought it was weird that that Murder on the Orient Express trailer had had Believer by the Imagine Dragons on as the trailer song. Which oh yeah, I, I got that. I like that song, but I don't know. I just was. <laughs> it was just such a weird flex to do. It should have been so much better that movie, but both of these should have been way better unfortunately so we'll see if they end up making any more i doubt it but and also the whole backstory for pro's mustache we did not need that yeah we did, we did <laughs> but what's your next pick so my final choice and i could have sworn i thought i had recommended this at some point but i suppose i hadn't this is called zathura this was directed by john favreau and it's basically Jumanji in space. That's literally what it is. It's about a pair of brothers who who are stuck at their dad's house for the weekend. And the younger brother's like, well, let's play this board game that I found. And the older brother just couldn't be asked. And just as a joke, like the younger brother does a turn and it launches a meteor shower on their house. And next thing you know, they're in space and they're literally in the game itself and the only way out is to finish it it literally is jumanji in space however with that said it's it was it was a movie i really liked as a kid and i think it still holds up pretty well now 
uh josh hutcherson is the older brother and he's gone on to, to do success the younger brother i'm not sure what happened to him maybe he retired i'm not sure but i haven't seen all that much of him i'll have to look it up later uh tim robbins plays their dad and it was always nice to see him his role is very brief you only see him in like two scenes in the opening and then and then one scene at the end when the game is over uh Kristen stewart plays their uh plays their older sister and in one of the turns she actually gets frozen in the bathroom and and so she's like stuck like this for a good chunk of the movie and there's one scene where hutcherson literally grabs like a can of hairspray and a lighter and is like gonna defrost her like that and the young brother's like are you crazy and the old and hutcherson's like we can't just leave her like this and and is like maybe we should read the instructions and i don't know it was like you're just willing to blow torch your sister to get her out of this ice palace thing and they also come across an astronaut who is stuck and basically in the purgatory of space and he's played by Dak Shepard and i always and i thought he was good here too it's definitely it's definitely tense at times there's a robot that still terrifies me to this day so it's definitely like know your kids before you show this to them but at the same time i definitely give this a modest recommendation for families of course yeah i've never seen this one uh, would you say it's better or worse than these new recent jumanji movies um well, the first Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, had no right being as good as it was or being as fun as it was. I was sitting there like, new Jumanji movie, awesome. But <laughs> I swear, walking out of there, I was like, that was so much fun. And the next level was honestly kind of good, too. I liked the idea of what they did with putting the people in different characters this time, like instead of instead of the alex wolf character going into the rocks body he goes into the kevin hart body and they do different different avatars i i like the spirit of that so i think i like zathura just a bit more i think there's a bit more imagination to it and they have and favreau had to work just within the house so there's a lot more stretching in order to be creative however with the caveat of the two jumanji movies we've gotten have been far better than they've been any right to be i liked the first jumanji i wasn't a big fan of the second one although i liked aquafina she was fun in it but i can't even remember exactly to be honest why i didn't care for it it's been so long but uh but yeah i i the first one was was very uh very much a surprise well my last pick is uh one of my costume dramas you know i love my period piece movies and this is the young victoria this is from 2009 and this movie is about young victor queen victoria and her becoming queen and her also falling in love and marrying prince albert who was the great love of her life and uh it's uh queen victoria is played by emily blunt so you know it's going to be amazing she's so good and then rupert friend is playing her uh playing prince albert and he's great they have great chemistry throughout the whole movie really good uh but it's got a great cast huge cast paul bettany miranda richardson jim broadbent mark strong uh just the list goes on and on 
Um, I, you know, really love the story of Queen Victoria and her romance with Prince Albert. I really loved the show Victoria that was on PBS for like four seasons. It was really good. Um, so I, I like this story and it is incredibly well-made all the sets costumes, uh, costumes won an Oscar for Sandy Powell, who's like a legend. Um, the so the costumes are incredible. They have incredible wedding dress, uh, Queen Victoria's wedding dress, uh, all the acting is great. Um, it's just, it's a really cute, sweet, I'm not cute. That's not the right word, but it's a really tender, emotional love story. That's true. That actually happened. True story. And stupid question, but Victoria would eventually become Queen Victoria. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all about her, uh, her assuming the throne and also getting married. That kind of all happened around the same time. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So a lot going on. Yes. <laughs> She's busy. <laughs> and then she ended up having nine children. So oh my oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In more um, ways than one. Yeah. So uh it's it's a good one. Like I said, Emily Blunt's great in it. So if you uh if if you haven't seen it, I think it's definitely uh worth a watch. So there we go, we did it. Let's go over our recommendations real quick. So I have the Bob's Burgers movie, and you can also watch Bob's Burger, the show. I have my big fat Greek wedding. I have the valet, Death on the Nile, and the young Victoria. And I have the Kingsman, In Time, Source Code, Detroit, and Zathura. So there you go. That is a wide variety. So let us know if you are listening, what you think of our recommendations. If you've seen any of these, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. And Ryan, how can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. There's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called Ryan Cam. On the channel this week, I just dropped my first reaction to Train Spotting from 1996. That movie, it is, <laughs> it's certainly I've never something. Seen it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. That's all I will say. Okay. But Good. it's. It is very good, but it's a lot. That's all mm -hmm. I will say. And then on Wednesday, I'll be dropping Life in the Movies episode 33 with Jacob Martin. We were going to do the September preview. However, due to WB being WB, we're going to pivot slightly and talk a little bit more about that. So that'll mm -hmm. be on Wednesday. And then I will be trying to cover, at the very least, I want to cover... Shoot, what was it? I want I want to cover the first couple episodes of Rings of Power. I just want to see what happens because, like I said, haven't been a humongous like, haven't been really looking forward to it. But as the Lord of the Rings fan in me, I was like, you got to at least try it. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. And then I'll also going I'm also going to try and have a review up for Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul at the very least. So if you all haven't checked me out, please do. Cool, y'all. So definitely check that out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And check out the Hallmarkies podcast. Got lots of fun stuff going over there. Some interviews and and uh, just, I think, really good content that we got coming out over there. So please take a look at that. And uh, if you are listening to this episode on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. Five stars 
And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store, which is a lot of fun and all the information is in the description. So take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.